tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party. Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free comedy to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. This is My Kind of Weird, a podcast where two people swap and pitch three kinds of media, something watchable, something readable, and something listenable, to see if each other says at the end, that's my kind of weird. I'm your host, Anthony Pollock, and joining me today is writer, artist, and comic book creator, Christine Larson, who is in the midst of releasing Orcs, which is a... I guess a YA or all ages comic book through Boom Studios. Christine. Hey, how's it going? Are you ready to get weird with me? Yes, I have to just remember what I told you. Off to a good start. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Christine, <laughs> uh, present your something watchable. All right, something watchable is there's a movie called Orcs 2017. These damn things are all over my park. And what are you going to do? You're just a park ranger. Which is about a bunch of park rangers who are suddenly like overrun by orcs one night and must defend the park against a a horde of orcs. It is objectively terrible. But all oh, right, but it's fun. Like the whole movie, like start to finish. If you're watching it with someone, it's very much a mystery science theater. I'm here with my friends, drinking a bunch of beers, watching this crazy movie. And they had some good cosplayers come in and do the orcs because um, the some of the masks are very solid. Uh, but yeah, mm. it's just it is it is something. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of heart and not a lot of good acting. Who's <laughs> in it? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> no one you would know. It's no one you would know. It's on Amazon. I remember. So a bunch of my friends and and us are like, we're big fans of just we we're, we have like an orc thread, or we used to. We don't really talk, talk okay. that much on that yeah. anymore. But um, when this was coming out, it was like we heard about it in like 2015, 2016, and we're just like, mm. oh my god, this is gonna be terrible i'm so excited you know what i mean like it's one of those but um did you ever see like reno 911 that old uh cop comedy yeah i think yeah, i yeah. saw it once so i didn't, right. didn't really go too all, deep into it though all the rangers are dressed like that like with the mustache and the little hat it's it's so funny it's it's really bad and really good you have to rent it for a dollar 99 on amazon all right who's in it andrew black directed it i don't know who this guy is uh, um, yeah, we've got Adam Johnson, McLean yeah. Nelson. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, like... I, yeah, I don't really... I don't think I recognize any of no, the you, actors no one, at all. No, no one in here is of any name. It's just mm. stupid. It's fun and stupid. Mm. I, I love this fun, stupid movie. I like fun and stupid. And yeah. To, uh, to be honest, I... I watch a lot of B-rated stuff or C, you know, C this or is like, D-rated. This is, so. this is like K-rated. Like it's not yeah. even. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you're being kind. Oh yeah, you're going. You're being kind going to either end of the alphabet. This is somewhere in the middle. Like it's like such a bizarre. I like the premise of it though. I really do. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it, it's so wild. Like I don't know, man. Like drop a few shrooms and watch the movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> um i love how i'm loving right now i haven't seen it but i'm loving right now because i'm looking at it on imdb and i'm looking at the poster that looks like they they tried really hard to try and frame this as like a horror film but then hearing your sort of recap on what it actually is like i'm just loving that juxtaposition right now (laughs) oh yeah that's that's the thing like it's like well here it's like listed on amazon as like comedy fantasy horror and i think that's definitely got like a lighter tone to it than the poster would suggest but it's just if you go on amazon you know how they'll play the the trailer for you it's just it's it's worth the well how much time is it First of all, it has three and a half stars, so you know it's quality. And uh, I saw that three point yeah, yeah. six on bloody yeah. IMDb. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think for two bucks it's fun. I'm trying to find the runtime on here. Oh, an hour nineteen. Mm. So it's not mm. like you're devoting even ninety minutes of your time. Yeah, you're pretty much paying eighty cents for each star. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Eight, eighty cents well spent, sir. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. That's fun. I'm uh I I love ridiculous. I'm going to definitely I, I think there's a saying that's gonna have to be on the watch list for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um in fact my wife is going out of town in, in about a week or two, and I think that it, this is uh one of those films to oh, yeah. uh crack open some beers, get some popcorn and you yeah, know, let's just get stupid. And definitely get like some friends over. I watched it um with a with a couple of pals and it was definitely worth it with a bunch of people sitting there just like cracking up at it all right so my something watchable is bright why is there a fairy in the bird feeder again good afternoon officer fairy lives don't matter today that's it right there i'll take the little homie out lapd style like you do Oh, and uh, you keep doing all your gangster stuff. I'm just trying to sell my house. And if the listeners haven't figured out yet, we're sort of doing an orcs theme, which I just kind of thought that while you and I were talking on Twitter, let's just do an orcs theme because that would be fun. Yeah, it's it's good to limit me because it's like, you know, how deep of a well are we going to? Yep, it uh, usually gets pretty weird in terms of uh, what people pitch, but uh, sort of... Sort of pigeonholing ourselves to just talks. This is about to get really strange. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so bright. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a net- Netflix original movie. It has, uh, well, in terms of cast, it has Will Smith. It has Joel Edgerton. I think, for the most part, those are the two biggest names that you know that people will know. Um, uh, has Jay Hernandez, uh, Nagothan Van. Um, I hope I've pronounced that name right. Probably haven't. Um, but it's uh, pretty much this alternate Earth. There's humans, orcs, elves, fairies that sort of exist in, you know, the world with with us lowly humans. And it uh, pretty much uh, is a buddy cop film where it has uh, Will Smith, who plays a human, and then Joel Edgerton, who plays an orc. So obviously 
going through their day-to-day uh, things, how they have to fight, you know, big bads and onslaught of enemies, all those sorts of stuff. But it also, I feel like it also spends a great time sort of echoing the sort of troubles of our own time with using orcs and fairies and, you know, elves and all that. It's sort of like a um, a metaphor for different races and things like that and obviously racism and all those sorts of things, which um, is great I'm not too sure if you, because uh, I saw earlier today, Christine, you posted yeah. about DS9, and I'm a huge uh, 90s sci-fi fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how far into sci-fi you got. I've seen but- this movie. I've seen this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually saw this movie when it dropped because I like loved the, the makeup on the orcs so much. Um, yeah. I think it's a great buddy cop movie. It, it There's yeah. some issues I have, I think, with the world building itself. There's... too much there's too much that's kind of open-ended and i think uh Mm. the director himself uh dude who like directed suicide squad is like there's some of his own personal uh preferences for things that 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 sort of show up but i mean i like the relationship of uh of will smith and and joel edgerton in this um Mm. i'm annoyed that it's a movie with orcs at the elves at the center piece of it that kind of was like oh guys but uh yeah yeah you had one thing to do yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <It> was, <laughs> i really like like the, the makeup i think the, i thought the acting was really good uh i thought the script could be better just overall it was kind of a messy movie just in terms oh, of like all, how all it, of david a's yeah, films yeah, yeah, yeah. all day every which day. i mean you know as someone who just you know suggested what i suggested i shouldn't say shit but it's yeah. still um <laughs> I think I think maybe because it was Netflix, I was really hoping for something a little tighter than this. But I do like the the mm. idea of like a fairy or a, a a fantasy buddy cop movie. It's, I think that's crazy and super fun. Um, mm. I think I was just kind of bummed at the world building being so. I don't know, the metaphor was a little too clean. You know what I mean? Like it was a little too like on the nose. Oh, good. This is bad. Well, too it's not even that. that. It's not like it's gray. like it's like the orcs are like you know, black people, like they went like straight ghetto with everything. And, you know, like it's like they were right, doing everything yeah. like so on the nose. It was a little bit like, uh, I don't know. It was, there was, there was stuff in the world building that like was too confusing to me. Like if there was this huge battle for the earth, like how would that affect the foundation? Like, like how was the history of this world? Like I had so many questions by the end of this movie. Like I felt like I needed a book on it to like, how do we get where we are? Like I understood the premise of what they needed to do, but in terms of the world itself, I was like thinking way too hard about it. I thought too yeah, hard about yeah. it. Yeah. I know what you mean. It just kind of, it, it raises that question of, okay, uh, the, all these supernatural creatures or mystical, uh, mythical creatures, did they just one day end up? On this world, or have well, they always well, no, been they, there? They, and how did we? They suggest a for real history there with a like an evil, you know, sorcerer, and the orcs fought on that side, but then they didn't, that's and that's right, why no yeah. one likes them. Um, and if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, then you gotta. There's a lot that I think what hap- what they did is they just kind of took the world we're in, right, and just subbed mm. out like elves and orcs and fairies and whatever for things we already have. And I thought that I think yeah. that's lazy world building as opposed to mm. really thinking about how this world has now constructed itself once you change history in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and um, 
I have thought a lot about Bright. Bright, I sat with Bright in my mind for like weeks after I saw it thinking about that movie. So I only just watched it because I pushed back on it for so much that um, I I mentioned uh, your like for 90s sci-fi because there was this show and sort of uh, had a slate of movies called Alien Nation uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Alien Nation? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And pound for pound, this uh, Bright is really just um, uh, alien nation, insert orcs and uh, fairies and elves and things like that. So that's why I push back on it for so much because I have such a love for that. Yeah, I think that's fair that. too because Alien Nation, they only had to go back, what, like a decade? Like I forget when they said the aliens landed and then they everything started to be different from our modern timeline. But like once you yeah. say like now it's like a thousand years, now you got to really think about stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it had the whole buddy cop thing as yeah. well with um, uh, I think it was uh, Sykes and um, – uh, uh, what was the uh, Francisco? That's it, Detective Francisco. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, all the aliens took on the the surnames of famous cities. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, so that's why I pushed back on it for right. so for so long. But hey, good. if you, I, I'm saying, if you like Bright, and if there's if this scene Bright, and you want more of it, you just got to go find Alien Nation. Yeah, I, I actually want to watch Alien. I haven't seen that show since I was like. Probably younger, way younger. Um, yeah, I have to find mm. it now. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I don't even think it aired anywhere in Australia. But I came across one of the movies when I was like, oh, I was about okay. eleven or twelve, and I just remember it being such a an imprint on my my sort of my youth and my adolescence because it sort sort of made me start to think about. Uh, what science fiction could be. I mean, uh-huh. you, you know, you have uh, you're a Star Trek fan. You have your before kind of DS Nine came around. The, yeah, yeah. You had sort of your, your Star Trek TNG, your Star Trek the original series. But a lot of them, even though they commented on race, it seemed to just be sort of a you know a flavor of the week. Or, right. or guess what, no, guys? It's... We've we've got our black friends that are on the crew. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So at least. Yeah, with this, it started to, I guess, really challenge a lot of things for me as well. So it was great. Yeah, I thought it was, as a series, I thought it was a great series and very well thought out and a very good example of taking that world building. And by the way, it's free to watch on Tubi if anyone wants to watch it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Great. The, the, great. the series. Is it the series? Yeah, this is the series, not the movie. Um, mm. And but and, and this pretty, first here. Yeah, and pretty nice production <laughs> design on the and like smart alien designs because they they look like they pretty much hold up even though you're talking about what 40, 50 years later. Yeah, alien enough, but not yeah. so alien that they're you know not humanoid. So well, uh, I mean, they they would have killed themselves on just the cost of it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, Christine, present your something readable. Okay, something. So this was like I was up in the air, but I feel like a lot of people have probably heard about Orkstein by uh, by James Stoko. I, I can never pronounce this. It's Stoko. Um, so I went with uh, Grunts by Mary Gentle, which is uh, a novel. And then, like, actually, after I sent that to you, I looked it up, and they did a graphic novel of Grunts, which I think is not necessary to read. So. Grunts is basically like Lord of the Rings style orcs, but it's about like the whole 
situation from their perspective. So they're put in a much more sympathetic light. But that said, they're all soldiers and they do shitty soldier stuff the whole time. So it's very grim gallows humor throughout the whole book. Um, and very much like, you know, you're you're with like the fantasy Marines the whole time. So yeah. for better or worse, you're like in the rank and file. And it's, I think, a very personal like I, I enjoy the book. I think it's like a really fascinating perspective and a good way to look at how perspectives change your opinion of, you know, people in the story. But at the same time, I think it's definitely it's very it's very violent and doesn't um, it doesn't uh, hide its teeth, so to speak. And the 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 main characters necessarily aren't great people it's kind of like watching a gangster film where you have to like admit to yourself that like you know these guys are murderers and rapists and shit like that so if you're down with that it's very dark it's a very like it's 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 very it's very gallows humor like you have to be down yep. with that kind of humor to the, and yep. if you're not i've I nothing against people who aren't because it's a very specific flavor um then it's it's i think it's a book that you would enjoy Excellent. Yeah. My something readable is uh, well aptly named for this uh, episode. It's the Orcs Omnibus Edition yeah. by Stan Nichols, which uh, collects Bodyguard of Lightning, Legion of Thunder, and Warriors of the Tempest into a well an omnibus, um, yeah. and it's basically it's a very sort of uh, I guess adrenaline fueled. Uh, way of st- telling a story it's very it sort of it almost just takes orcs as they are as almost you know sort of green maniacal sort of uh, vikings and then just follows them on their journeys sort of pillaging and going through the land and killing and maiming and then but just sort of follows the development of the characters and tries to humanize them a bit and understand who they are on a cultural perspective as well which i find interesting too so it's uh, it's lots of fun on that end. It definitely owns the fact that orcs are very much, you know, uh, I guess mythical beasts as such that are, you know, very much out, very warlike and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, looks at the characters as uh, as uh, a race that are as diverse as any other. So, yeah, I definitely recommend that, and that's my pitch for something readable. Right on. I, I think I read Nichols stuff a while ago and I remember like not really enjoying I thought they were too nice. <laughs> oh, okay, right, right. <laughs> I was like, all oh, these guys, these are kind of nice for orcs. But that was like when I was in my twenties and I had a much more harder line of like what I liked in my just why I read grunts. Um but yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I kind yeah. of feel like um I should probably revisit Nichols after all this time and um yeah. give give him another another shot. Like I kind of yeah. feel like it's not fair. Yeah, everyone in their twenties sort of has this variation of um it's not metal enough, and if it's not metal enough, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, um, like it was so. they, they weren't hardcore <laughs> enough for me. Like I don't know, like there was there was nothing gratuitous <laughs> enough. Yeah, so I, I feel like I should I should give it another go now that I'm a little older. Certainly, I a more mature perspective on many things. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, Christine, present your something listenable. All right, listenable is Necrogoblicon, uh, their album Stench.
which I think is their first one. I don't think they had another album before that. But so Necrogoblicon at is uh, I think they're not really fine. Hold on, let me see what they're let's see what Wikipedia is. They're a metal band. Necrogoblicon. Almost like melodic death from my yeah, I mean, understanding of it. Yeah, it's an American melodic death metal band. Okay, this the melodic death metal. Um they have some great music videos, but they're uh I like the album Stench. Some of their other albums are uh more hit or miss than this. Stench as in it's like it's kinda like Guar. Like in its totality, it gets to be a bit much and exhausting, but there are some like really mm. solid songs on that on on that album. And um let's see, let me find the chat this thing. Because uh, I always get them mixed up. Because whenever I listen to Spotify, it's so much. Um, Stench is their second one, by the way. So, uh, Ian. Yeah, Has No One Survives and Bears, which I think are two of the best songs written in this style. <laughs> Bears as a song is such a good song. <laughs> I had that song in my head for like, oh, and by the way, their song, The Bog, is who Bog is named after. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I enjoy that. <laughs> um, I just love uh, this band, just how they have a song called Bears. Yeah. And that, yeah. The, you it's, don't really need to hear anything else. Yeah, I mean. You don't was, need to know anything no, else. No, I know. I mean, it's tough because it's a very specific style of music. And if you don't like that style of music, you're not going to like this band. But if yep. you do like that style of music, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are lots of fun. Um, I even thought of sending you uh, Three Inches of Blood's uh, first album to oh, yeah. um, have a chat about. But yeah. um, when you when you sent me that, I'm kind of glad I didn't. Yeah. Because um, this would become uh, a metal podcast really fast. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, orcs have, have become a metal podcast. But to be honest with you, though, like if you're an orc and you're about to you know, rape and pillage the land in front of you. You kind of, um, aren't you listening to metal? Uh, straight, on the way up, over? straight up. They put on like any serial killer you put on Donovan. <laughs> and just let that float you in to combat. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, my something listenable is the World of Warcraft original soundtrack, which is available on Spotify. just because uh, i mean i don't play the game anymore because i mean when you're married and have a kid who has time for that um but uh it's and let's be honest world of warcraft is really that thing where you have to to get a good experience you need to set aside days you know yeah yeah (laughs) not just hours days yeah yeah Um, yeah it's uh from like when i went back and listened to it for this I, i just kind of got transported into that world i was you know 21 22 again playing world of warcraft i'm alone at my pc um and it just it's just that sort of soundtrack that fully immerses you in the world and just kind of transports you into that sort of fantasy setting so i feel like it's really uh really uh, successful in what it does and how it approaches it um i feel like some gaming soundtracks just lose me yeah and and if you're uh 
if if you're not on board with the music, uh, it needs to be believable. I feel as well, especially if it's a soundtrack. It just it needs to needs to fit tonally with what you're playing. Um, if that doesn't work, then you know it's definitely a miss. But um, yeah, uh, it was great to sort of re-explore this. Um, did you did you ever play World of Warcraft, Christine? I was not a big so I don't really play a lot of. It's funny people mention like D anD D and World of Warcraft. I never played any of that mm. stuff um, growing mm. up. Just not. It's just I never. It just never really crossed my path. I was always I was one of the book nerds and not one of the gaming nerds. Um, mm. So so World of Warcraft passed me by, but I do listen to a lot of video game soundtracks when I'm working on certain stuff. So um, mm. I'm sure I feel like. I, re- I was listening to some of it and I feel like some of it made it into like one of my mix soundtracks when I was like for, for like thinking <laughs> and stuff. Um, I really liked the world of Warcraft movie though. I have a friend who's like really into world of Warcraft and she tried to explain it to me once and I'm like, just don't just stop. <laughs> I feel like you're yeah. explaining to me like decades worth of lore. Um, but I enjoyed yeah. the movie a lot. Uh, remember that came out some years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had the, had the guy from uh, Vikings in it. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like the World of Warcraft orcs look more like trolls to me, but that's also because I'm coming from that like Tolkien mythology kind of before when I come into to, yeah, to orcs. Right, right, but, uh, right. but I, I love I loved how big their women were. Like I love I love I love a big gal, and uh, what's his face? His wife was was a big gal. I like I liked all the designs of that. <laughs> so do you um, identify more with like the? grosser looking orc in say like the Tolkien films or uh, do you engage more with say what uh, uh, Edgerton's character looked like in Bright like where do you sort of lean towards uh, for me I, I don't have any like personal preference I think it really depends on where your lore is coming from because Tolkien's mm. lore the, the orc was coming out of a lot of creatures from um, northern European mythology that what he did was make them a race, which he really should have never did because they're, they're really a type of goblin, like a creature, not really a race of people. Um, But the second, like he wrote down that they were a race of, you kind of, you commit yourself to certain truths about groups of people once you make a race out of something. Um, But what Tolkien was drawing from and a lot of uh, the imagery, I feel like Peter Jackson drew from wasn't necessarily like, this is a group of people. It's, these are a group of monsters. And um, if, if it's a monster, then yeah, I think, I think Jackson made some good choices. Uh, But if they're a group of people, I think you need to step back from like injecting some of that, like gruesome, almost like living dead sort of, uh, like you know, their, their skin was falling apart, and that they were all like ripped up looking. You got to take a step back from that and consider that, like you know, as a group of people, you know, they're not they're not zombies; they're people, and and you need to. And then I think you have to move a little more bright. Mm. I think the the distinction, as far as I'm aware, was the orcs in in Tolkien mythology were grown for a purpose. They weren't; they didn't really exist beforehand. That's was actually that right? that's that's not true. Um, oh, it's not. The orcs were said to uh, to reproduce in the same way as the children of Iluvatar, which are humans and elves. So they had yeah. orc women, and actually, there's a letter. Uh, where Tolkien mentions, yes, there were orc women and therefore orc children. Um, but he never shows us any of that because you can't sympathize with them. They're 
their uh, right, yeah, you know, their yeah. cannon fodder. Yeah. Um, and you also humanize them, and then all of a sudden they're not as big a threat. You you got to remember. So they were created in the eight. <laughs> we're going to go. Are you ready to go for on this journey with me? They were created yeah. in the age of Christine Morgan. Larson, comic book creator, <laughs> orc historian. Apparently, <laughs> they were they were created in the age of Morgoth. But once Morgoth was defeated, um, there was a period before Sauron rose where they were just chilling and doing their thing. And even before the events of the Lord of the Rings, when it's the Hobbit, before the Necromancer, you find out is like, you know, Sauron come back. Um, mm. They had their own little tribes and their own little petty feuds and their families and, and this and that and the other thing. There was actually a big uh, war with the dwarves that is like vaguely mentioned in one of the books where um, I forget which dwarf said it, that like they did like horrible things in those times. And all you can imagine is like they probably went to like orcs caves and probably slaughtered them wholesale. So you have to yeah. consider like, there were times in between their masters where they were just living their lives. And then all of a sudden, you know, a wizard comes by and is like, all right, it's wartime. And they, for whatever reason, were, were driven to obey that individual. And it's really mm. more to serve the narrative than it is to serve their own self-interest. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, dad. Um. <laughs> I will have words with Peter Jackson, but, you know, that's for another day. Yeah. All right, let's do the verdicts. So, Christine, out of my picks, were any of those your kind of weird? Um, I mean, I I like Bright for what it is, and and so I think that that's my kind of weird, despite my, you know, my my, uh, uh, the points I make against it. So I like Bright, and um, I liked World of Warcraft, and I feel like I need to give, like, Stan Nichols, I feel like I need to give him another shot. Like, it's just fair. So I don't know if I'll do it soon, but... Sure. Hmm. I'll, I'll hit you up again, Stan Nichols. <laughs> uh, so out of your picks, the My Kind of Weirds would have to be Necrogoblicon Stench yeah. and uh, the Orcs movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely going to check those out. Grunts uh, with by Mary Gentle. I'm not totally convinced. No, so that's two fair. out of three, so that's not bad. That's fair. I uh I that's one of those things where it's like I I don't want to cut my arm open. All right, that's fair. I don't (laughs) I'll do what's right for me. Twist my arm. (laughs) All right, so we're going to go to a quick sponsor break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Christine a little bit more about her comic book series, Orcs. So, Christine. Orcs is very much it's sort of that, uh, I guess, that creature that has been sort of belittled to sort of the, the boogeyman or the henchman of the evil wizard, as we've kind of already touched on. What made you decide that, okay, we're going to do a Orcs project? Um I have been, I, I was doing a lot of orc artwork as like uh, morning warm-ups. And so I made it originally, I was doing an art book uh, through Kickstarter like years ago when Kickstarter first started. Um, and I started that a project with that little group as like a little zine to go with the art book, like it was like a 16 page black and white, whatever. And it just kind of like grew from there as a story and as a world. And I thought, well, I've never... I've never really sat down and done my own fantasy world. And I, I, it was something I wanted to do for myself and centering it around orcs felt 
like something that I would just enjoy more. Uh, one, just they're fun to draw. Like I, I just like to draw little creatures. But also um, I thought it would be an interesting perspective to see the world from as opposed to doing another elf story or dwarf story, um, seeing mm-hmm. it from the, the perspective of, uh, uh, of orcs, I thought was, was certainly more unique. And there also, there's a way, uh, I like to approach them where they feel very like, like working class, they're working class fantasy creatures. And I, I enjoy writing <laughs> that motley crew kind of, kind of dialogue. The blue collar worker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> um, I guess it's they're really that that sort of that fantasy race which they don't really get touched on well mm-hmm. not as well as they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your comic book definitely uh, provides a different sort of I guess shade of what the orcs can be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess so. Where where did um, where did you decide you want to like when did you decide where you wanted to take it um, in terms of um, I guess what. The characters like Bog and his sort of his his motley crew of orcs um, were were going to achieve both both from a sort of a character standpoint and I guess what the the overarching point of the uh, the uh, first volume was going to be about. Because I wrote the first volume, um, and we talked about this. It's, it's written. Uh, mm. I was signed to three graphic novels, so I wrote the first volume very much like not necessarily a fellowship because I feel like that leaves you at a. Uh, at a weird precipice. I wanted to write it kind of like a, I hate, I hate, I'm not a big star Wars fan, but I, but I'm going to use it like a, like a new hope. (laughs) But I feel like, I feel like something like that. It's like, there's obviously a lot of untied threads at the end of that movie, even though like they had somewhere to go after it. Um, So I feel like that's kind of what book one does. Like there are some, uh, I try to tie up a lot. And then I've definitely left a lot of loose threads open to, for us to pick up in book two. But it's written like three acts, right? So so we're at the end of act one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first, the first book is one introduction. And it's sort of like understanding the group as a whole. And I don't know how much they actually learned <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as, a, as a group. I think we just learn more about them and maybe they learn more about themselves. And um, by the end of book one, I hope you realize that this story actually isn't about Bog and his group. It's about a totally different character. But uh, that's, I think, the crux of that first act. Um, and then, you know, you go into act two and into to act three and, and you start to see how the story and the legend and the current events start to wrap around each other and then by the final book it all kind of comes to a head uh from having worked on adventure time yeah. how did adventure time and your your period working on on that ip how did that inform artistically the way you would approach orcs um adventure time was a totally it was it was a little a slightly different tone but uh I've had the same sort of workflow for years at this point. By the time I was doing Adventure Time, I was already doing comics for like seven years. So mm. um, like in licensed comics, Adventure Time was the first set of comics that I wrote. So it did help me figure out on the back end, like pitching and how to like take a story to an editor and have explain to them what I was looking for or looking to do and get that rapport. But in terms of that workflow, like how I actually 
finish the page and stylize the page. I think that uh, it was it's very been the same for me for a very long time. So um, uh, I would say in the writing process, I learned a lot more on Adventure Time because I had never written um, for anyone but myself before then. What is your, where does your sort of your creative career start and what sort of uh, background do you have? I, um, so I started doing comics in like 2007, 2008, um, Mm -hmm. working for Ape Entertainment, which I don't know if Ape Entertainment is still a thing anymore, but I was doing um, license work. Uh, but I went to school for illustration. I had never really intended to do comics. I didn't even start writing my own comics till I was doing them for licensed properties for about like four or five years. So, so I would say like, I, I, you know, I always wanted to do art and I kind of gravitated towards illustration because I like art with a purpose behind it. I could never be a fine artist. I would just like snap all day. I don't even know what I would do. Um, I need like, (laughs) I I, I need the structure. I need the structure of an assignment. Like I need to solve a problem. Right. Right. Like it's different. Like if, if I want to do a book, it's like, okay, this is what I want this book to say. This is how I want to say it. I'm going to limit myself to three colors and go, you know what I mean? Like I'll give myself limits. Um, so, so yeah, I, I kind of, I went to school for illustration when I got out, I was just doing whatever I could for a long time. Um, but I got in with like a bunch of other cartoonists in the city of Philadelphia, which is where I went to school and kind of have been since. And uh, we put together an uh, like an anthology of all our work. This is, you know, pre Kickstarter days. And then um, once we did that, we, uh, uh, that went out to the right editor over at ape and they hired me to do some license work. And I did license work for a little while and a bunch of different illustration work. And, then once Tumblr was big, I was doing my own comics because I started writing for myself because I kind of felt like I, I found my voice in it a little late. I uh, yeah. I know some people come in like I have students like that are like 19 and have like a fully developed writing and drawing style. And I'm like, what are you? I don't even understand. You are. <laughs> uh, like it took me like my whole 20s just to figure out what I wanted to say as a person. I mean, even like who I was as, as a person, never mind. um you know, what I wanted to say as a person. So, uh, so yeah. But by that, do you mean in terms of finding your own style that worked best for you or? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like I've always bounced within the same style, but at the same time, uh, you know, I still will bounce through mediums. Like I'm like, I'm going to paint or I'm going to do everything with a nib or I'm going to do everything with a brush or, you know, every panel only have seven lines. Like I, I, I jumped around a lot in medium and technique just because I like doing everything. Um, and I kind of settled into yeah. a, a look that I prefer, but I still, I'll still be like, no, we'll do something different for this project. I still do that. Well, that has its pros and cons. I yeah. mean, I'd, I'll oh, find, sure. I find anyone that can really pick up a paintbrush and create something, you know, incredible out of it is just at that whole nother level um i mean i feel like it's just a totally different medium to penciling and yeah. col- and maybe even coloring as well because i don't know i just feel like painting is just it's uh that's you know you know to use the word artist you know like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just um <laughs> i'll put my pinky up yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> but you just you, you kind of start to think about those those artists of you know a bygone era and things like that and i just um uh you just like my um my 
uh, one of my grandmothers, she can, she's a bit of a, a train wreck of a person, but you can, um, (laughs) (laughs) well, more, more in terms of she's just, um, she just, uh, misses social cues around certain stuff and she's oh, right very reli- very religious and just one of those types of people yeah, but yeah. um i've seen like these landscape uh paintings that she's done and it's just kind of like well, where does that even come from you know it's just um i yeah. just find that that kind of that that section of uh, of art just incredible and just don't know how people do it oh for real yeah i mean I was really stoked that they let me paint all the covers to the books because I do really love to paint. And um, yeah, I mean, books we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, because I don't know, you you usually don't you aren't given the time to do that kind of stuff normally. Like it does take me like a week to do a good painting because I get in there. But um, I was I mean I was trained with like oil paint. Like I was graduating school between two thousand two thousand four is when I went. So that was like before we really had any huge advances with computer coloring. Like by the time I was coming out, they were, the Wicom was coming out with his first tablets and they were kind of like garbage and I had a hard time controlling them. And I just always had an easier time doing stuff by hand. Like I used to paint all my layers separately and assemble them in Photoshop, like a screen print. And that to me made a oh, whole, okay, right. yeah, yeah. That to me, that to me made way more sense than than using a tablet. And of course, like I'm proficient at the tablet now. Like it's been years. Like I'm not, you know, not standing still while the world's running around me. But I think that like <laughs> painting is certainly like my first love and uh, something that I've always, I've never wanted to stop doing. And the more I get to do, the more I enjoy the work that I'm doing. Mm. In terms of you, you touched on covers briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were able to do all of them, you said? Yeah, all of them were painted. Yeah, okay, great. I specifically loved sort of the, the variant that um, uh, Sweeney Boo was involved uh-huh. in. Yeah, they, uh, were so, they were so different. I really dug her mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, their colours are just, yeah, they're just incredible. And, and yeah, I'd I love to have them on this have them on this podcast that's for sure but um yeah. uh i i feel like your covers uh they you, you know the old axiom don't judge a book by its cover but i mean your covers 100 percent, you can judge a book by its cover because everything that's why i love about your about the orcs series is everything that orcs is about is sort of you have find a way to capture it in the cover yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I made it like it's hard to just be like, well, I totally interpreted this right. Like, I, you know, when it's yours, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like any mother that looks into the face of their child and it's like, I know you're lying to me. Like, I, it's like my kid. Mm. So I know mm. how to present it to the world mm. in the best way, I guess. But mm. um, thank you. I, uh, I enjoyed mm. doing those covers and I wish I had time. I wish the, the, the universe would let me paint a book. I don't think that. I think mm, there's no I, right, I, right, yeah. maybe when I'm like yeah. 80 like a and, novel yeah like maybe when I'm 80 they'll let me they'll let me paint a book <laughs> they'll let me do things <laughs> <laughs> I mean nothing's stopping me from just painting a whole book except mm. you know yeah I'm mortgage yeah well not even that like we pay rent like rent you know what I mean like rent is stopping me from painting a book it just takes mm. too long mm. how do you deal with rejection 
oh, like me personally, like, I mean, I am in immediately pissed. And then I just mm-hmm. like, and then you like walk it off. Right. Like, I'm not going to say mm-hmm. like, oh, I just, you know, I really think about it. Why I got rich. I, I don't. I'm like, fuck that guy. And I'll never work with them again. And then like you, <laughs> you take a walk around the block and like put on like your big boy pants and realize, OK, it's mm-hmm. whatever it's it's an industry and it doesn't like, I was surprised this book even got picked up because like, this mm. is an industry and, and people don't necessarily um, look for something for its creative interest. And certainly like, even like when it's going to the masses and people are like, I don't get this. Like you can't get mad at that. Cause you know, either it's a failing on you as a writer, which obviously I never feel, yeah. but uh, uh, it's either a failing on you or it's, um, or it's just not their thing. Like there are so many things mm. out there that are not my thing, but are perfectly well executed. But that's not how everyone looks at everything. It's like, if it's not my thing, then it's the worst. So, you know, you got to just accept human nature. And if you believe in what you're doing, just keep at it, I guess. Like, I hate to say that because, mm. you know, I don't want anyone to be like yeah. grinding the pavement for like 50 years. Mm. Like Christine said, it would be a great idea. Like, mm. you know, Christine said, come and carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> on that podcast, you know, that's my life yeah. philosophy now. But I think that, you know, it's, I still enjoy it. I enjoy what I do. So mm. I, I think that I would even do it if, uh, if I had a much smaller readership than I even do now. Mm-hmm. So I founded SutterandTollPass.com and we I'm constantly looking at different ways about, uh, I'm constantly looking at other reviewers and what they're doing and what uh-huh. they're talking about and things like that. And uh, one thing that uh, I'm constantly, that sort of raises this question is I find it interesting how uh, reviewers don't really look at the art for art's sake. They look at it more about as an overarching story and things like that. Uh And um, what I am going to pose to you, Christine, is how can reviewers, specifically comic book reviewers and graphic novel reviewers, how can they get better in terms of talking about different styles and uh, different uh, tonally uh, in terms of what the art is achieving. What is it saying that you as a creator would like to start to see versus what reviewers are doing right now? Um, I'm not going to tell a reviewer how to review. Uh, I will say that whether it's a good review or a bad review, I still think like, uh, I think it's Ebert who had like, uh, I think it's like fuck your movie or something like that. Um, and had all these like lists of all his reviews of all the movies he hated, but he still accepted a thing for what it was. I think at the end of the day, whenever you're reviewing anything, it's important to understand, even though comics and graphic novels, which are the same thing, but whatever, even though, you know, sequential art is a very ephemeral, like it, it comes and goes, you can read in the span of a couple hours, what took someone two years to make. Remember that it took someone two years to make it, Right. So you don't have to be like a, a smarmy asshole about it. If, if you feel that there are areas that a work could be improved upon, then you should approach it like these are areas a work can be improved upon. But I think that when I read reviews of anything and it sounds like someone's just trying to shit tweet, that that not only undercuts the professionalism of the person doing the review, but also makes you like, like you know, it, it also makes you look like someone who doesn't understand how to write a review, uh, if, if you're going to just like, 
you know, shitpost on someone, you can do it on Twitter. If you're going to mm-hmm. actually submit something to, you know, for the posterity of the internet, as it were, um, you know, is there posterity? Left? <laughs> right. uh, you know, then, uh, then don't be a dick about it. I don't know. I just, mm. you know, mm. well, I guess more in terms of ways, like how can people writing and talking about comics, how can they educate themselves more on the, I guess the, the artistic sort of, uh, oh, I mean, elements and there are, I mean, listen, I understand a lot of people who write don't want to do this, but like it helps to take art classes. Do you understand what I mean? It, mm, it helps yeah. to understand. Yeah. I mean, I don't even take an art class. Just understand what it takes to make a, a good work of art versus a, a bad, you know, as, a, as subjective as that is, there are some mm-hmm. um, objective points that you could make. Understand that you're going to be subjective, like things that you don't like other people will like. And, and I think, I don't know. It's, I don't know how people can get better at what they do when they're, when they're reviewing stuff. Whenever I review mm-hmm. things, I'm just doing it as a person who has watched it, not as a professional. I yeah, think at true. the end of the day, frame it as you're a professional reviewing this, not some, not some me walking around talking to their friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. In terms of orcs, uh, what, what sort of, um, how, how would you sort of uh, pitch that to someone who's looking to check it out? Um, uh, is there, I guess, a preferred demographic that you had in mind when you when you started um, yeah, uh, creating it? I wrote this for like me at thirteen, who couldn't find any books where I felt that I couldn't find I couldn't find any books that weren't like focused on like how characters looked right i mean this is the nine this is like the the height of heroin chic in the 90s where you know everyone's a supermodel on every cover of everything um and and more than that like you know everything was like painfully heterosexual so um i think that i mean i hate i i wrote it to be as accessible to a wider audience as possible so you know there's no cursing and there's no like nudity or there's no like sex scenes or anything like that um Mm. But I do think that there is some, uh, or at least I try to put some, uh, maybe more uh, not adult, mature, more mature situations. That sounds like like mm. someone's taking a shirt off, like more in uh, terms of scenarios. Yeah, like, yeah, like, around, like, like right, what right. discussing. Yeah, yeah, like what they're discussing yeah. and and how yeah. we're. Um, I'm sorry, it's late here. I'm kind of, my brain's kind of fried. Um, <laughs> so it's a little bit more interesting than Bog figuring out how he's going to pay the rent every week. Right, exactly, right. It's <laughs> it's very much, a lot of stuff happens to these guys over the course of this book and then the subsequent two books. And the group we meet in this first six issues is not the group at the end of these three books but the core of who they are as people is the same. And I think really, uh, all right, I'm pitching this book. I mean, I think that like younger kids, anyone who enjoys like the Goonies, if you like the Goonies or you like monster squad, or you like any of that kind of eighties fantasy, uh, adventure story that was, you know, billed as like a PG, but probably is like Mm -hmm. a PG 13, maybe an R that's works that's where it falls it's not a it's not a story about kids it's a story about adult creatures going about their day yeah 
How do you feel knowing that uh, in the 80s and 90s that whenever people are selling, like companies are selling 80s and 90s stuff, stuff that you and I probably grew up on and loved, how do you feel knowing that that's now being pitched by kids as retro? Oh, I mean. <laughs> it I've, hurts my soul. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I mean, I, I've, I've accepted, I accepted my mortality years ago. Um, so it's, it is what it is. Um, I look forward to the day when I am an old lady and can just like, Mm. so you can paint that book, (laughs) just paint that book and shake my fist at children. Um, Mm. yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always liked to exhibit hard old lady energy. So I, uh, Mm. I'm not too worried about becoming older and older. I, I can be like back in my day in the nineties, I knew mm. and tell mm. people how inaccurate their nineties retro stuff is. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I can be that guy now. Um, <laughs> that's not how we wore our flannel. I don't fucking mm. know. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Back in my day, they back were way my- more baggy. <laughs> Though I'll say this. When we were younger, I mean, me and my sister were both into some pretty extreme music, and I still like extreme music. And it, but it was fairly popular then, right? Grunge, and then like yep. metal had a big resurgence. And I remember yep. listening. Who was I listening to? I think it was like Nine Inch Nails. So we, we were like watching, like listening to Nine Inch I Nails. I love Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, watching the video, and it was like you know, fucking Trent Reznor. I don't know kicking jesus in the face whatever whatever it was and i'm returning to my sister and being i guarantee you when we are grown up the kids are not going to be watching shit like this it's going to be like the safest shit you ever saw and i feel like i was kind of right and then like who was that rapper that just came out was it was it that they had a whole video where he does like gives the devil a lap dance and then like breaks his it's like fucking crazy shit. Oh uh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, um, I, I was like, <laughs> it came back around. Like, I was so excited. Like it's not like my yeah. favorite like song in the yeah. world, but I was like so mm. stoked on that video that mm. it was so like fucked mm. up and violent. I was like, yay. So you know, I'm glad it yeah, came back. And that in nineties fashion is a thing again for some reason. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's but everything old is new again, right? Like remember the eighties yeah, came back totally. in, a, in a big way. Um, and when we were kids, it was like the seventies were very big in the nineties, right? Like mm-hmm. all the the bell oh, bottoms yeah. and yeah. shit. So I think, and then there was the fifties and the eighties with like. So I, I mean, I don't know. It is. It's all retro. Always comes back. They're trying to sell stuff to us. They don't know we don't have any money. <laughs> Where can people find you online, Christine? I am thelarsonproject.com it's my website uh it's like a hub for all my other stuff i am larson project a larson score underscore project on the twitter and i'm larson project on instagram and i have a bunch of other accounts i don't keep up with that you can find me (laughs) (laughs) is your tumblr still active i actually do have a a thing i I do have a tumblr (laughs) i kind of post stuff i'm working on mostly i just like I, I just creep on like on on fan posts for certain certain shows I watch. So mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's it for another episode, guys. If you've enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to my kind of weird podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Christine, thanks very much for appearing on the show today. Cheers! Thanks for having me. And leaving you guys with one other thought: stay weird.
tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party. Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free comedy to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads.